Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Well, it's so, so good to be together this morning. And a really warm welcome if you're visiting. If you're here for the first time, we're blessed to have you with us. Thank you very much. And um, I've come back from Southport last weekend with greetings to us all. So be greeted from, well, they like to call it sunny Southport. It's a bit of a stretch, but, but they might be doing better than us today. So, um, Lord, I just thank you that this morning you, you've allowed us to come and worship you, to come with clean hands and pure hearts, and to exalt our wonderful Lord Jesus, and to declare that our God is mighty, and to enjoy the urging and stirrings of your spirit amongst us this morning, Lord. We're so grateful. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to, in a moment, read, read, um, read no less than nine, I think, in the end, nine very short passages of scripture to you, and I'd encourage you to make a note of them. I'll give all the references, but I'm going to read them from a load of, well, nine different translations, actually. So don't try and follow them all, but do take a note. And what I'd love to do this morning is just to share my heart with you concerning a number of things, various things. And these scriptures will, taken together, provide a kind of a context and set the scene for the various things I want to share. And in doing so, I think there's some things just to make you aware of that are happening that will be good for you to know about. Other th- mainly just to encourage us all in what God is doing and to give some focus to our prayers. But one verse you can turn to before we listen to these, uh, these little passages. If you just turn with me to Philippians 1 and verse 6. We will come back here um, a little later, but Philippians 1 verse 6. And it says uh, this in the Holman translation. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He who began, he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I'd like us just to do that really um, potentially cringy thing where we turn to one another. I know, I know. Because this verse needs confessing out loud. And it says, um, he, he talks about what he started in you. So why don't you just turn to somebody and let's just say together... We'll say it together. I'm not, that's all I'm going to ask you to do. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's say together. I am sure of this. That he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Okay, now let's just change it and say us. Okay, let's just kind of look around the room together and let's just say this. I am sure of this. Uh, In fact, let's say we are sure of this. this. 
that he who started a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And finally, and finally, this is just to speak to yourself now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in me will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I really believe that. It's not a gimmick. I really believe that God will finish what he started. What he started is really good. And um, he's doing it amongst us together. So here are, my, um, here are my scriptures. The first is Matthew 9, 35 to 38. I'm reading from the J.B. Phillips translation. Jesus now traveled through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of illness and disability. As he looked at the vast crowds, he was deeply moved with pity for them, for they were as bewildered and miserable as a flock of sheep with no shepherd. The harvest is great enough, he remarked to his disciples, but the reapers are few, so you must pray to the Lord of the harvest to send men out to reap it. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 the N.T. Wright translation. Jesus came towards them and addressed them. All authority in heaven and on earth, he said, has been given to me. So you must go and make all the nations into disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe everything I've commanded you. And look, I'm with you every single day to the very end of the age. I'm just taking these in, in Bible order. Galatians 6, 9 to 10, from the Common English Bible. Let's not get tired of doing good, because in time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. So then, let's work for the good of all whenever we have an opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith. Ephesians 5. 18 to 20 from the New Living Translation. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Philippians 1 3 to 7 from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to think this way about you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment 
and in the defense and establishment of the gospel. Philippians 3, 12 to 15 from the Good News Translation. I do not claim that I have succeeded or have already become perfect. I keep striving to win the prize for which Christ Jesus has already won me to himself. Of course, my friends, I really do not think that I've already won it. The one thing I do, however, is to forget what is behind me and do my best to reach what is ahead. So I run straight towards the goal in order to win the prize, which is God's call through Christ Jesus to the life above. All of us who are spiritually mature should have this same attitude. Colossians 3.16 from the New American Standard Bible. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Three more. 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 12 from the Amplified Bible. And may the Lord God make you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 from the NIV. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And finally, 1 Peter 5, 8 to 9 from the message. Keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. Keep a firm grip on the faith. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And um, I just want to say ten things. They're statements. And as I was just traveling in this morning, I, I felt the Lord say, as these statements are made, things will happen in the atmospheric realm. God's going to do something amongst us this morning as, we, as I make some statements, as we've confessed together, these things are really powerful. Yes. So first of all, I want to say this, and they're all, they're all very different, but they, they bring together a sense of my heart for us at the moment. And the first is to say, I really love our church. I, um, when I first made some notes, I actually wrote, I am in love with our church. Then I thought, maybe that's a bit too much. But then I thought, do you know what? I think of her all the time. I'm in love with our church. I love our church. Yes, and um, it got me to thinking, 20, more than, just over 25 years ago, when Deborah began a little house group in our house and in Narborough, just up the road here, and God was with us, gave us vision, gave, us, gave much grace amongst us, and there was growth in that group, and eventually we planted out a church called Rock of Life Church out of Leicester, and then uh, there was vision, there was growth, there was grace, 
and then um, about 20 years ago, we merged with, a, with another brilliant church called Covenant Life Church in Hinckley, and we combined together, and many of you uh, will know about that, and we formed Living Rock Church, and we continue to know God's goodness and his grace. And I don't just mean numerically, but I mean in, in um, there was growth in depth, in impact, in resources, in diversity, beginning to grow in ethnicities amongst us, and talents and giftings and I just think Jesus you're building your church you're building a great church and it was my privilege until three years ago to lead the eldership of this church and then to step step aside from that and take up the wider apostolic work and I just want to say wherever else God might use me might use us this is home I love our church don't you? It's a great confession to make. That confession will do something for you. I love our church. Amen. This is home. And now, therefore, this church has become an apostolic base. And and I love that we're growing into those new clothes. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been together over the years or over the months or just over the weeks and I want to express a strong sense of partnership. Partnership, which is what Paul talked about in Philippians 1. And believing that God's hand is on us together for so much more. Did you notice how some of those scriptures talk about the past, the present and the future? So much more. God's got so much more for us. I believe our church carries hope for the world. And that we're more relevant than ever. And that we, though we make mistakes, we don't obviously get things right all the time or even a lot of the time. But there's grace and there's patience as we work together, knowing God has joined us in partnership. And I'm so blessed to see new faces, new people. It's tremendous. And... um, that God is bringing singles and couples and families and different nations amongst us. Gifts and ministries are being added to us for the next stages. I want to encourage you to get to know each other really well. If you people you don't know, get to know them. And uh, one of the things we said sometime in the last year, who, can anybody really work out timescales at the moment? It's just like, it was sometime, it was last year or the year before, who knows? But one thing we really want to encourage is... is we want to, um, what's the word, Re, reinvigorate the principle of inviting people back for Sunday lunch. Mm-hmm. Opening our homes up. Inviting strangers. Who knows, you may be entertaining an angel. And um, getting to know each other, taking the time. It's vital our doors stay open, that we invite our friends, we invite others, that we're really confident, we're really encouraged in who we are, in what we have here and what we stand for and that together we build something in partnership together so that all of us can say to others, come and see. I'm just sharing my heart with you. You might agree or disagree, but that's what I think. I love our church. Another thing I want to say is this, that our gatherings together matter more than we can know. Let me say it again. Our gatherings together matter more than we can know. 
more than we can know. And obviously Hebrews says, don't give up the habit of meeting together. Isn't it scarily easy to get into habits that are not helpful? Yes. And one of them is the habit of, of not meeting, and we, we, we were forced into that, and, and that, that verse in Hebrews 10, 25 has never been more relevant. Don't give up the habit of meeting together. It, it's a good habit. Yes. And um, uh, don't, don't, don't deprioritize Sundays or indeed life groups or other gatherings of the church. Don't make them no more important than other activities. Well, it's kind of on a level with sport. No, it isn't. We can never know how much it matters that we gather. It really matters. Because, you know, when we're together, physically together, then we can worship together. I mean, you know, the, our, our expression of love and adoration to the Lord this morning. I'm sorry, but that just could not happen over Zoom. <laughs> Only together can we come around a table. Only together can hands be laid on. Only together can we greet each other with a holy fist bump. (laughs) Simple, profound, vital activities of the church. And angels are interacting. And things are happening in an atmospheric realm, in heavenly realms that we know little about But I do know the Ecclesia, by definition, is a people called out to assemble together. It it really, really matters. And we're here, so I'm preaching to the converted. But (laughs) online meetings are a great addition, but never, ever, cannot be a great substitute. But our gatherings must be fresh. And one of the things we determined during lockdown and whether or not we are achieving this, um, well, I think we're on, a, we're on a bit of a progress with this, but one of the things we determined was that our gatherings together had to be simpler. And what I mean by that is that we needn't feel any pressure to do everything every time we meet. And that sometimes we would meet and our clear focus would be simply breaking bread together or simply worshipping together. Or simply just giving ourselves to hear the word together on that particular occasion. Or simply hearing a report of what God is doing in other places. There are many um, perfectly biblical um, reasons to gather together, but, but what you tend not to find in the New Testament, as much as you can tell, is they didn't meet together and do all of those things on the same day. So we, we want our gatherings to be simpler. Um, We're not aiming to to make our gatherings shorter, although that might be an outcome, but that's not the goal. The goal is to be here as long as the Lord wants us here, as long as the Lord wants us here, has things to say to us or wants to do things amongst us. Fresh gatherings of the church, breaking bread together. Gatherings, um, a gathering is not less, is is not more if it contains more, In fact, often, as we all know, um, less is more. The Lord wants to have focus when we gather together. And then I want to say, um, we must stay firmly rooted. Because as Peter tells us in that last verse we read, we have an enemy who prowls around seeking to devour, 
seeking to steal and kill and destroy. But he goes on to say, we resist him by standing firm in faith, by being deeply rooted. And it's vital we're rooted in his church. And one of my observations in, in lots of di- connecting to lots of different settings at the moment is, is that gaps are opening up. Spaces are opening up. There's vacuums opening up. And it concerns me that where people and churches and ministries become disconnected or become unaccountable, wherever there are gaps, there's the potential for confusion and troublemaking and mischief. And you may or may not understand what I'm saying there, but it is not a time for us to be uprooted in any way. There's an enemy who would love to see big gaps opening in the body so he could come in and cause trouble. And we don't want any of that in this house. Um, It's not a time to be uprooted. The Lord wants us connected and covered. We mustn't allow a kind of consumerism to creep into our church where we start to see the church as something external to me that I, I engage with when I need something rather than a body of people I'm part of, a place I'm rooted, where I contribute, where I participate, where I have something to bring. Again, I know I'm speaking to the converted in much of this. And it's vital we remain rooted in the word as well and we take great care what we're absorbing. Um, There is a, a rapid advance in the world, especially in the Western world, of ideologies that oppose um, our God-given created identities, that oppose um, and confuse. And we must know, as Rich said this morning, that our Jesus is King of Kings and he's Lord of Lords. He's coming back for a bride who will be made perfect. It is important we stay informed And I want to just say, if you don't link in, get linked in with Christian Institute, the Christian Institute, a great organization that produce uh, weekly updates on what's happening in our nation and in nations and and in form of um, areas that we might want to get involved to raise our voices. Uh, There's almost too many things to be constantly updating the church on, but but I do encourage you to make use of those kinds of, of resources. In Colossians, Paul said, let the word of God dwell in us richly. And I'm so blessed with LRC Grow. I'm just going to hold my phone up. I'm not going to turn it just as a visual aid. LRC Grow. Has everybody logged in, signed up, downloaded the app? Somebody said the other day, we have dropped an app. I have no idea whether that's the correct terminology, but we have an app. Whether it dropped or, or however it got there, I don't know. But it's a brilliant resource, an absolutely brilliant resource. And other churches in other nations are picking up on it and saying, wow, this is fantastic. So well done, Mike and Chris and Benj and everybody else who is involved in putting it together. It's superb. And it got me thinking, never before have we had so much content so readily available. Bless the Lord. However... We cannot do the hard work for you. 
We cannot do the heavy lifting for you. And whilst we have it, whilst it's there to stir and stimulate, again, it is not a substitute for our own devotional lives. Neither is it trying to be. Neither, 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 neither does anybody want it to be that. So I just want to encourage us all. Let the word of God dwell in us richly. Uh, you've heard me say this before. Use a Bible that you can write in, highlight in, mark in, learn, um, remember where things are on the page. I don't mind if you use your phone as well, but please, church, let us be Bible people. Let's use the written word. I, you know, I know you think I'm on some kind of crusade with this, but I think this really matters. Amen. Really matters. You can have different Bibles. You can use any of those translations I used earlier on. You can get them all on Bible Gateway as well. Look them up, find what you like, get a Bible, and use it extensively. And let the Word of God dwell in us richly. Yeah. Coming soon, you should have had a postcard on the way in. Yep. This is about our roots, his house, our home, with um, kind of essentially taking some things that we would do in the belonging classes when people first joined the church, and that is a long time ago for lots of us, and just representing some of those things on a Sunday, not all of it, and in a fresh way in here and in Market Harbour. So take that, and, and I think this is going to be a superb way to end the year. Kind of what we're saying is, we're back together, hallelujah, and this is what we stand for. Yes. And that really matters. So enjoy all of those. Make a note of the dates. Try and, uh, try and be here for all of them. Number four, I want to say this. Our investment in Kenya is bearing great fruit. I told you I was going to go all over the place this morning. Our investment in Kenya is bearing great fruit. And um, for over 10 years now, we've been, it's been our privilege to invest and time and gifts and talents and resources and prayers into an extremely grateful and fruitful people, brothers and sisters. When um, William Akola first made contact with me in 2009 and then um, came, over, came over for a month to the UK uh, with a suitcase that contained two items of clothing and a Bible, for a month in the UK, and um, left, i never forget the sight of William flat on his back at Bible Week with his wellies on, <laughs> baptised in the Spirit. And he went back to Kenya, and he went back to the group of about 30 people that he'd been with, who'd been um, praying for his trip. And within weeks of going back, they all left him. And I remember he called me and I said, he said, what, what shall I do? They've all gone. And I said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to start Living Rock Church Kenya. I want to build on the foundations and the gospel I heard when I was in the UK. And uh, that's what I want to do. And 10 or so years later, there are now 1,000 people in over 10, in 10 congregations. And I want to just... Um, I want, to, I want to name these congregations out loud because, again, I just want us to lift these places. God can do something in another realm. And I want to say thank you, Lord, for the church in Eldoret and in Mcoin and Bualero and Mabale and Mundika and Niamila and Sototo 
and Kanyamwa and Asembo and Chaplaske. I want to say thank you, church, for sponsoring kids to go to school in um, all that's enabled to send tens of thousands of pounds to help with food and medicines in the last year to dig wells. Uh, I want to say thank you for um, Chris and Roger Aubrey doing a monthly Bible school online with the elders and their wives. And um, I just want to say thank you, Lord, for at least weekly additions and baptisms and photos from coming in from William all the time. It's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. And as it says in Galatians, let us keep doing good. Yeah. I want to say, let's be really generous givers and meet many, many practical needs. As it says in, um, in Thessalonians there, and there was a quite, a, quite an, a rise in the noise when I read this, let, let love overflow and let's meet needs everywhere wherever we can do so fruitfully. It's so vital that our church is at the heart of practical love and care. And, um, and in November, another visual aid, we've got this fantastic opportunity for a month of giving in all sorts of ways. And so take that home. It's brilliant. I love the graphics. And let's make sure November and, and, and all our months are big months of giving. It's so brilliant that so many brilliant people in this church have stepped up to do so many brilliant things. Whether it's Ovi reaching out to the Romanians in Atherstone, it's Carl and Rachel with Rachel's Table, or it's uh, the Community Cafe, or it's Pebbles, or it's Mum Stop, and I'm always in danger of forgetting something that's really brilliant, but it's so good what's happening, isn't it? And I'm so blessed by that. Father's Heart Youth, Father's Heart Youth Ranch. And um, William, one of our elders, is is now beginning to try and coordinate some of those activities so that, so that we, um, we link them really well, the international group, we link them really well, and we, we kind of have a banner over them all that says, LRC is here to give into our communities. So look out for ways for getting involved in that. Then I want to say this. Jesus has a really intense love and compassion for towns and villages. Yes, he does. I wonder how many times I've read Matthew 9 from the front of the church here. Um, you know when you get to the book of Acts, Paul, is, Paul focuses his ministry in the, in, around the big cities. But in the Gospels, Jesus goes in a fairly small geographic space to all the towns and villages. And you often read this, he had compassion. It literally means... A gut reaction. It's a very strong word. He, it moved him to see sheep without shepherds, to see the bewildered, the broken, the hurting, the lost, the lonely. It moved his heart. And he's the same today as he was then. And he loves our patch. He loved, I, I think he might love our patch as much as everywhere else in the world. <laughs> And he has compassion for our villages. We all live in a different place. Why don't we just, again, raise our voices in a minute and just speak our place names out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, we know you love. 
We pray for. We pray you will give us a gut reaction to what's happening in. We pray the gospel will flourish in. And we say thank you. You're still moving amongst all the towns and villages. Demonstrating the kingdom, proclaiming good news. Amen. And you know, wherever he went... And wherever Paul went in the New Testament, the predominant meeting place of the churches was the homes. There wasn't a church building in sight, but they met from house to house. And I want to say it's so important that, we, that that pattern, that divinely given pattern of meeting from house to house is really honoured by us through our life groups, particularly. I've been thinking about the, the number of times you drive past um, what used to be a chapel in a village or a town and it's now been sold for a house or it's around where we live there's, there's a couple that are for sale at the moment little chapels and um, at first I thought God I wonder whether we could do something in these chapels could we bring fresh spiritual life in these places in these buildings um, but I just in the last couple of weeks I just felt the Lord say our life groups need to be little chapels in the towns and villages. I looked up the definition of a chapel. I knew what I had in mind, a sort of a smallish building, not traditional. Um, uh, But when I looked up the definition, a chapel is also a little room at the side of a bigger church building. You know, there's the chapels at the side of the big sanctuaries. I just thought, however you take that, a little bit off the side, or um, or a smaller um, informal place, how fantastic that all our, all our life groups could be like chapels, 21st century chapels in our villages where people could come and, come and pray, could come and find life, could come and find spiritual life. Off the side of our main gathering place, there are gathering places all through the villages. 21st century chapels. Ponder on that. Think about it in your groups. Think about what it might mean. Look, up, look it up a little bit and get, let the Lord speak to you about how your group can function like a chapel in its village, open to all. The doors are open. So the next thing I want to say, just, just three or four more, is our great commission must always stay up front. Our great co-mission must stay up front at all times. Um, we started, I started 2021 just speaking about his unshakable kingdom, his unchanging person, his unstoppable mission. Do you remember those way back in January or February? The unshakable kingdom, the unchanging person, the unstoppable mission. And, you know, we are here because, we are alive because there's a mission to be completed. If, if it was only about our eternal life, we could, we could be with him now. But we're not, we're here and we're alive. He must have something for us to do. It's called the mission. And I don't want to miss out on the very reason we're alive in this generation. Jesus baptizes in the Spirit to make us witnesses. And he's commissioned us, he has all authority. And so there's going to be lots happening in the new year. There's lots happening before the new year as well. But in the new year we'll be starting a school of evangelism where you can uh, be, be trained particularly 
in, in a way that will help us to be active on the streets. And Ian's shared about some of those things the last time he was speaking here. We're also, I'm really excited to let you know that we will be having, uh, uh, we'll be inviting into the church to work with us a, an evangelist by the name of Jonathan Conrath. Never heard of him. <laughs> Nor had I. But I looked him up. He's mainly been working overseas until now. Seen 250,000 decisions for Christ. Moving powerfully in sign and wonder. And wherever he's been used, as I've spoken to people, they've told me he's the real deal. And so we've been talking with Jonathan about, about working particularly in Market Harbour in the new year. And the elders and myself are all for this. Uh, so he will be coming to Market Harbour in March and in June. We'll say more about that. But in March especially, it's training for anybody who wants to be trained. So I would love to see Market Harbour experience an explosion of growth and salvation in the congregation there. And that together, in partnership, we can all be part of what God's doing there. I'll also try and get Jonathan in here as well. I want you to know that God is joining um, different ministries in friendship and partnership. And that's been a really interesting thing for me in the last few months, especially last year probably, of um, men and women finding one another from different groups, different spheres, and together with Rich or with Phil and others and Deborah. Um, I believe God's, God's creating some fruitful joinings that will be helpful to us for the future. And um, especially for me, some, some contacts over in East Anglia, the flatlands of the East that the Lord spoke about three years ago. And we're just simply enjoying friendship, finding each other's company, a blessing. But I would ask you to pray for me in that. I really appreciate your prayers that there's real wisdom and discernment in um, focus into things that are going to be fruitful and not distracting in any way. My primary joining is with Kerry. And I um, had a day with him a couple of weeks ago. Always a blessing. I thought, I can actually mark my life by my meetings with Kerry. <laughs> over many, many years, over the years, a time with Kerry is like a, it's always like a defining point in my life. So I'm so blessed by that. And then um, I want to say this, uh, number nine. I want to work in partnership with you to build beautiful churches of all shapes and sizes. And what I mean by that is, I believe that what God wants to build amongst us, not only an apostolic base that's here that represents me and us so well, that's committed to sending out, is the, the kind of the, the primary and original expression of what we are. Um, but there's also local churches in different places and that those local churches are unique to their surroundings, but carry the same DNA. And then also that we, we see the Lord developing house churches amongst us, a different size, a different shape. But where it is um, simply the best uh, expression in a new place where we're pioneering, that God will raise up expressions of us that, uh, that simply meet in homes. 
I want to tell you again that in the new year, Benjamin Kim, our son Benjamin, his wife Kim, who are in Market Harbour at the moment, intend to move to Leamington Spa to start something there. God's spoken clearly to them. But they need people to go with. They need people who will be with them. And I want to say, please, just pray about that. It's a great city, great town. But more, more importantly, the Lord wants to do something there to express something of us in that town. Uh, we have full confidence in them to do that, but, but they need people to be with. So have a think about that. And then um, maybe there's some online connections in our sphere as well of people who, it's even pre that stage, but people are connecting with us and we're investing into them wherever they live. So different expressions. Beautiful churches of all shapes and sizes working together in that. And again, I would say, please pray for me and for the elders and our wives as we kind of navigate our way, as, as, as we make these, as, we, as, we, as these new clothes increasingly become comfortable amongst us. Does that make sense? Yes. Finally, I want, to stay, let's, I want to say let's stay really focused and let's keep it really simple. In um, Philippians 3, if you just turn there, please, Philippians 3. In Philippians 3, where Paul says, um, I've not yet taken hold of it, but one thing I do. One thing I do. One thing. That sounds simple, doesn't it? One thing. One thing I do, forgetting what's behind, reaching forward to what's ahead, I, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly calling. He's talking about that for which he's being taken hold of. And he says, I'm pursuing that. And um, I think these days seem especially significant as we come out of this horrible season we've been in, adjust to new ways. We see the stolen months restored. Time is short. I want to be focused. I don't want to waste a day, a week, a year. I want to stay focused. I want to simply pursue what he has for me. I want, as a church, that we would all say, Lord, we're just focused on what you want us to do. And simply this, we are followers of Jesus. We are followers of Jesus. We want to be filled with his spirit, living the way he lived, with all humility, with all integrity, to what he's called us to be and to do. Would you say again with me at the end, he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion. Sorry, confusing there. <laughs> he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion. He who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion. Amen. Amen. Lord, we say thank you for all that we've read, whatever you've stirred in us, that we'll be um, men and women who pursue the very thing for which you've taken hold of us. That we live our lives in this age, in this generation, as those who've been laid hold of by you, saved, added to the body, And here, because you've worked for us, you've missioned for us, you've a community to build, you've a church to build,
You want to join us together in that. And I want to pray, Lord, that um, as you've stirred things in us, Lord, so there'll be shifts and shakings in heavenly realms. The floodgates of heaven will indeed be open over our church. That our good confession will bear great fruit. I want to say thank you, Lord. Bless your people. Bless your church. Have have your way in all our decisions, all our actions, all the relationships we establish. Have your way here, Lord. Do something deep. Do something firm. Do something that keeps us rooted. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.